Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Amen, amen. Hey, everybody. Welcome out to First Wednesday. How was Sonic? Yeah, man, that's awesome. Love that they came out to partner with us. Appreciate Rick Torres, uh, uh, Tree Life, for made the connect and co-owner there of Sonic. And so that was awesome for them to come out and be a part of what we're doing tonight. Hey, I'm excited that you guys are here. I love preaching on Wednesday nights. I feel a lot more comfortable, relaxed. And so the topic tonight I'm super excited about. But before we get there, I want to talk about the biggie pink a little bit more. I just, I don't, I, Pastor Josh was already speaking in tongues, I think. I don't, I don't know right there. And I do want to let you know it's Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames. And uh, however, we are we do believe in busting down the gates of hell, so we can do that. So right on. So appreciate Pastor Josh and all the team. Um, I'm really excited about tonight. I, I want to talk about some other things, like I want to get you guys to come to the men's breakfast. Men, I'm really excited. Pastor Josh Wright, really excited. God really dropped something in my heart a while back. That's so when Pastor Rob and I were talking. Just really, I don't know, just I want you to come on out, guys. You need to come on out this Saturday, spend some time with us, and uh, really got something on my heart to share for the men. Ladies, make sure your men are there. So whatever you need to do to get them out of the house and get them to the church, make sure you do that. It's going to be a great time for all us guys. Uh, Get your Bibles out. Let's go ahead and jump in because I've really got to maximize my time on the topic today. So you can turn to 2 Timothy 3. Uh, We are doing the topic of the Holy Spirit, the heavenly language in particular. Um, The last, back in May, we did a series on a Sunday morning. Actually, we, we did a series called Saved After Easter all the way through till we just kind of wrapped it up. We had Pastor Gerald, Pastor Dustin, but I did the last two, May 6, May 13, on the Holy Spirit, the person and power of the Holy Spirit. And then Pastor Gerald Brooks came in, for those who were here on May 20th, he had a great message on the power of the Holy Spirit. And so it was in my heart to take Wednesday night, the first Wednesday, and talk about a piece um, of uh, all that the Holy Spirit does that probably we wrestle with the most or people wrestle with the most, and that is the heavenly language. Uh, we say it that way because it sounds less intimidating or less crazy than speaking in tongues and, uh, or speaking in the Holy Ghost or however you want to say that. And let me just start this by saying we believe that here. That's a core belief of Tree of Life Church. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues. However, we don't believe being crazy with it. Well, let me say it this way. We don't believe the Holy Spirit's crazy. Amen. There are crazy people full of the Holy Spirit, but they were crazy before they got the Holy Spirit. It's just kind of threw gas on the fire. I don't know what I did, but anyway, so, so the Holy Spirit we'll talk about tonight doesn't do crazy stuff with you, doesn't do that. And I, I love talking on the subject because I think there's been such, uh, it's been presented a package, not, I don't think, in the true representation of the scripture. And so um, sometimes because of that, it's a turnoff. We make decisions or form opinions based on the packaging. And so I want you guys to know that the Holy Spirit is a beautiful uh, relationship, having a relationship with the Holy Spirit and the heavenly language is a beautiful thing between you and God. Um, the hangup people have is the public expression. And I just want to say to you, the greatest part of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a private relationship and private part there. I love, I love engaging my heavenly language. Can I tell you, as a parent of teenagers, every parent of a teenager needs a relationship with the Holy Spirit. 
and heavenly language. So we'll get to that in just a second. So um, I, I know, again, I'm, I'm hoping that you give me a clean slate tonight. I'm hoping that if you've heard different things about it, that you open up, uh, throw preconceived ideas out the way, uh, out, aside, and just open up and listen to the word tonight as I present it to you. Um, I, I, I obviously believe in it. Um, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit when I was about 12 years old, and so I'm 50. I know I look like I'm 50 is the new, thir- I'm 35, probably look to you like that at the tops. And, uh, but I, I, so for 38 years, 38 years. And so if it was crazy, goofy, not right, wrong, I wouldn't keep doing it. <laughs> I'm just tell you that this church will celebrate 37 years in August. And it was founded on the belief that the heavenly language is important for every believer. And so I believe part of, we see the result today because of that. Amen. So if you've been coming for any length of time, I always like to say this when I talk about the topic. Some of you are like, man, I was really liking it here too. (laughs) Oh, why'd you have to go do that? Or I brought my friend. (laughs) If you're a visitor, please come back. (laughs) And, uh, but can I tell you, this is an important part of the word of God. So I want to bring it to you tonight. And so um, no apologies for our belief system here. Uh, We don't judge you. We don't shove anything down your throat. We present the truth of God's word. That the reality is you have to make a decision on how you're going to live your life. And so, but as for me and my house, amen, this is one of the things that we believe a core belief here. And so I wanted just to set that up for you uh, this evening. Let me start by making three statements. Number one, we are on solid biblical ground, solid biblical ground about believing in the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the heavenly language. You see it all throughout the New Testament. You cannot read the New Testament without seeing this in there. And sometimes when I'm discussing this with people and very respectfully, I wonder like, are you reading the same Bible I'm reading? And it's because we've seen abuse of it. We've seen misteaching on it. We've seen um, just other things, experiences. And really, when I talk to people about this aspect of it, speaking in tongues, uh, people usually don't have an argument for me other than what they've heard or what they've seen. But they usually haven't dug into the scripture for themselves. So my hope here tonight, even if you're not going to buy in, if you will, to the word that we present, I hope it stirs within you enough interest to go and continue to investigate it for yourself. And so I want to encourage you to do that. And regardless if you're on board or not on board, everyone needs to not take my word for it, take God's word for it. And so you can see that in the scripture. Number two, baptism in the Holy Spirit is an experience separate from salvation. It's a separate work. And that can be confusing because a lot of people package it together. So let me clarify that for a second. Yes, you receive the Holy Spirit when you're saved. In fact, the scripture, when Jesus was resurrected, he went to find his disciples and they were hiding in fear and he he walked through the walls and said, don't be afraid. And he breathed, the Bible says he breathed the Holy Spirit onto them. And what happened when that moment was a salvation experience, there's another working because then he tells them to go to Jerusalem and wait for the power of the Holy Spirit to fall upon them. So he's talking about two different experiences. Well, I thought they received it after he resurrected. Why is he telling them then, and when he first resurrected, why is he telling them to go to Jerusalem to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Because you do get the Holy Spirit at salvation, and that is how we are saved. And so I say the baptism of the Holy Spirit at salvation is for heaven, but the empowerment that comes in the baptism of the Holy Spirit in power is for earth. It's for your earthly living. 
And we'll see in the scripture, there's two separate workings of the Holy Spirit, the one at salvation and the one that when it comes upon, the one within and the one that comes upon. And so I just want to encourage you in that. Be open to what the scripture says. So in fact, the reason why it is this way, uh, Jesus had to pay for sins before anybody could be saved. And so he had come back, resurrected, paid for sin with his life. So he breathed the Holy Spirit. So we see a salvation experience. And then Jesus had to go to heaven because we know the Holy Spirit, based on talking on May 6th to May 13th, is a helper that Jesus sent one just like me. I'm sending him in my place. So Jesus had to go to heaven for then the Holy Spirit to come upon. So again, we see the only way those are possible is because of the resurrection of Jesus, the salvation experience. And then Jesus then had to go to heaven because he sent the Holy Spirit then to be with us after he went to heaven. So uh, we see that in scripture. Uh, The baptism of the Holy Spirit is baptism in power. Again, the Holy Spirit at salvation is for heaven. That's what gets you to heaven. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is what helps you live out a victorious life on the earth. And so, number three, baptism of the Holy Spirit was a normal Christian experience for New Testament believers. You didn't have to have a seminar. You didn't have to have a conference. You didn't have to let the church know, hey, come on out on Wednesday night. We're going to teach you on the heavenly language. That was normal for them. That's what they just... They, they, they were taught that from the beginning. That, and I think the reason why that happened is because of man's interpretation. Man likes to interpret the Bible differently. Man likes to take, pick and choose what they like, what they don't like. They like to hold on to what they like. They like to throw out what they don't like. Can I tell you, all of it is for you. You don't pick and choose the scripture. God wrote it right the first time. God knew the days we'd be living in, so the Bible's timeless. And so we don't throw stuff out just because we don't understand it or or bad experiences. We need to investigate it and and find out for ourselves. But it was a normal Christian experience. In today's world, it has been something that's been despised or something that is crazy or or people with it can be arrogant. Can I tell you, if you don't have the the heavenly language, you're not a second-class Christian. Because there's only one class of Christian, and that's everybody that's going to heaven. And let me say this. If you don't agree with me tonight, that's okay. The most important thing we do here is get people saved and give them a home in heaven. Amen? You can go to heaven without speaking in tongues, but you can't go to heaven without Jesus. Yeah? Yeah? Come on. But why would you want to live life without the power of the Holy Spirit? That's the ultimate question. And so, um, again, if you don't agree tonight and you decide and you prayerfully consider that and you and your family, you make those decisions and, uh, man, we can still work together to win people for Jesus. Amen? We can still serve, we can still give, we can still love, we can still pray, um, but this is something I be- believe that you need to spend some time investigating. And so uh, let's take a look, 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5, here we go, here's what it says. But mark this, there will be terrible times. Why do we need the Holy Spirit? Because there'll be terrible times in the last days. I believe we are seeing those days, and we're definitely seeing terrible times. Another translation for the word terrible is evil or demonic. I, how many would agree that, that, you know, that describes the world today? Okay. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. Without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good. Treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Verse 5, having a form of godliness but denying its power have nothing to do with such people. So the Holy Spirit came because God knew that we needed power to live in these evil days, in these demonic days, in these terrible days. Because your natural ability is not enough in the world that we live in. 
It's not. So he always knew that you would need something beyond your natural ability, and that would be a supernatural ability through the power of the Holy Spirit to you to live a victorious life in an evil world. All you got to do is turn on the news, and you got to sit there and say, you'll sit there and say, how can we live like this? We can't. That's why we need the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Because our natural mind, our natural wisdom, our natural ability does not cut it in today's world. It never did. And God knew that. So he sent an empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And I don't want to be a person and I don't want to be a church that denies the power of God. We have too many churchy people and too many churchy churches. We know how to do church. We know how to play church. We know how to be church people. But we need to walk in the power of God. It's the power of God that changes lives, not church. It's the power of God that makes a difference, not church. It's the power of God that helps you overcome, walk through, rise above the evilness or the things that we see in the world. Let's not be a church. Let's not be a people that denies the power of God. Let's not have a form of godliness. Let's have the power of God. And we do that to fulfill our mission, to reach the lost. We are not going to be a powerless church. So Jesus told his followers to go to Jerusalem and receive power. We'll see that in a second in Acts. Go to Jerusalem and see power after you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They already received it at salvation. The second word, Jesus knew the days would be evil. They would need the power. The church would need the power in the days they lived in, the days that we live in. It seems to me that Christians can be more worried about fitting into these evil days or flying under the radar and not standing out. I'm not supposed to blend into the world. The church, we're not going to blend into the world. We're not going to try and be the politically correct church. We're going to be the biblically correct church. We're not going to try and fly under the radar. We're going to be the light in the darkness. Amen? And that's who we are. That's who we are to be. Otherwise, why do we need to be here? We're on mission. So we're not going to be a powerless, socially, culturally acceptable church of Christianity. If there's no difference between us and the world, why would the world want what we have? So let's talk about the only problem people have with the Holy Spirit, and that is the heavenly language, the tongues part. Because everything else about the Holy Spirit, you can go back and listen to the messages, we all would agree and embrace. We want that. We want to walk in that. But that other piece right there, and it's really just because of the packaging. But don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Let's get a little bit of information. Let's educate ourselves a little bit. And let me say this. This is why it's such a controversial topic, because the devil doesn't want you walking in the power of God. Because the church, a powerless church, a powerless Christian is no threat to him and what he's here to do. So he's going to confuse and he's going to misinform and he's going to deceive people and he's going to have people that abuse it and people that do this and that because he doesn't want to believe. If he can't keep you from going to heaven, he wants to keep you from living a powerful life. He wants to keep you from taking other people to heaven with you. So if he can't keep you from getting saved, he wants you to live a powerless life. So understand that. So the devil is not afraid of a powerless Christianity. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to take a look uh, here then um, about the heavenly language. Take a look at Acts 1, 4 through 8. Acts 1, 4 through 8. Here's what it says. On one occasion while he was eating with them, Jesus with the disciples, he gave them this command. Say command. Amen. Not a suggestion. I think it would be good for you guys. He said, do this. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father has promised. It's a promise from God, which you've heard me speak about. He talked about it with them. For John baptized with water. There's a separate baptism. That's a salvation experience. It'll talk about uh, the baptism of repentance. 
But in a few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. There's a water baptism that speaks to a salvation experience. That's why we baptize, an outward expression of an inward work. But then there's another working or another baptism. The word baptism, uh, baptized is the word baptizo, means to be immersed. So it literally means to be immersed in the power of God. Baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it says, then they, go, they gathered and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? They were missing what he was talking about. He said to them, it's not for you to know the time or dates the Father have set by his own authority. But you will receive, say this word with me, power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Wait a minute, I thought the Holy Spirit already came on them. He did in a salvation experience. He's telling them now, then you'll be baptized with power and you'll be my witnesses, meaning not just going door to door and doing, uh, teaching someone the Romans road or leading them salvation. Witnesses, do what Jesus did. You'll be my representation on the planet. See, we think the empowerment is just to evangelize. Well, that's a part of it, but you need to live like Jesus lived, not perfect, but with the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Not giving in to the temptation of the world, not falling into these things and acting this way and being this way. So you need to be a representation of Christ on the planet, all Judea, Samaria, and ends of the earth. So baptized in power. Baptized in power. Acts 2, 1 through 12 says this. I'm going to give you a lot of scripture because I don't, scripture, I don't want you to take my word, take the word for it. When the day of Pentecost came, Pente means 50, a celebration. They were all together in one place and suddenly a sound like a blowing violent wind came from heaven, filled the whole house where they were sitting. 120 people in the upper room. Hey, for those of you who are going to Israel, get excited. We're going to the upper room. It's awesome. We were there. Okay, it's going to be great. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated, came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and, get, and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were saying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, a crowd gathered in bewilderment and heard them, each one speaking in their own language or their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans, and how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? If I had more time, I would take a moment here, and I would teach you about this, because listen to what the Holy Spirit power to be witnesses does. It helps you speak the language of today. It'll help you speak the language of the, of the single mom. Come on. Now, we're gonna, it's going gonna, it's gonna to list a whole bunch of different languages, but it's beyond that. It's a witness. It'll help you speak the language of those who are struggling in their marriage. It'll help you speak the language of the teenagers. It'll help you speak the language of the kids. It'll help you speak the language of the addict. It'll help you speak the language. Come on. We're talking about the power of the Holy Spirit does that. He helps you speak the language of the world that you're in so you can help them find Jesus. Okay, it goes on to say, uh, let's see, uh, yeah, and then it lists all these guys. You can go back, you can go back and read them all. Uh, declaring, they're all declaring the wonders of God in our own tongue, amazed and perplexed. And here's the question people ask today. What does this mean? What is this tongue thing all about? What is this all about? Still the same question people are asking today. A couple things I want to point out. It was the day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost, pente means 50 they're celebrating, they're remembering the day God brought them out of slavery and bondage, when God brought them out of Egypt and he took them into the wilderness. On the 50th day, he gave them the Ten Commandments. In other words, on day 50, he helped form them into a nation. He empowered a group of slaves who had been freed and gave them power then to walk together as a nation, as a family. He empowered his nation. They weren't disorganized any longer. Ten Commandments brought them all together. On the day of Pentecost, 
a cost. It was not by coincidence. God always intended for his church to have power. He always intended for his church to have power. So on the day of Pentecost, what you see happen is the establishment of the New Testament church. They come out of the upper room, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Everyone hears them speaking in their language, and it says 3,000 people got saved. It's the beginning of the New Testament church. God was not, in the Old Testament, he was empowering a nation. In the New Testament, he was empowering a church. It was God's plan for his people to have power. And can I tell you, the nation of Israel still is powerful today. Come on. You know that to be true. Turn on the news. It's amazing. God's people are still powerful today. So God's church needs to walk in the power of God today. God always intended at the establishment of the church, he did not establish a church without power. He did not establish a church without the Holy Spirit. So why are we trying to do church without it? It's not how God started it. It's not what he intended. So God had a plan. What does this all mean? Why tongues then? Let's take a look at what the Apostle Paul has to say. The Apostle Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. We live by the words of the Apostle Paul. We live by the letters he wrote. All over the world, people teach the teaching of Paul. Paul was a tongue talker. In fact, Paul even said, I speak in tongues more than y'all because it came from South Israel. I speak in tongues more than y'all, right? Hey, listen, he wasn't bragging there. He's like, I believe in this. And so why do we pattern our life after the teachings of a man if we despise or reject the Holy Spirit who did so out of the Holy Spirit? I mean, this is what we do. We, we, we live by the teachings of Paul and, and, and he wrote two thirds of the New Testament and he spoke in tongues. In fact, he said more than you all. Paul talks about this here in, in 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5. It says, and so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come to you with eloquence or, or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony of God. He said, I didn't come to you with human wisdom because human wisdom is not enough. We need God's wisdom. He's saying human wisdom is not enough to get us through these days. Human wisdom is not enough to understand what's happening in the world today. And if anybody was wise and anybody could put together a speech or an argument, it was the apostle Paul. He was one of the most educated men of the day. But he says, I didn't come to you like that. I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, although if anybody could, he could, but with a demonstration of what? The Spirit's power so that your faith may not rest on human wisdom because human wisdom's not enough, but on God. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of the sage from the rulers of the sage who are coming to nothing. Nor do we declare God's wisdom, nor, no, we declare rather God's wisdom. Do you realize God has a higher wisdom than man's wisdom? We're going to talk about how you tap into that, the power of the Holy Spirit. A mystery that's been hidden that God is destined for our glory before time began. Let's stop for one moment and talk, talk about this. So Jesus says, go to Jerusalem and wait for the power, wisdom beyond your natural wisdom. Paul says it's not about an argument. Can I tell you, the power of God trumps an argument all day long. It's about the demonstration of God's power. What's he talking about? The power of the Holy Spirit that you operate in as a believer. Human wisdom has limits. God's power is unlimited. And there's a lot of arguments out there, but only power is the only thing that can trump all that. He says, God's wisdom is a mystery. You saw that. God's wisdom is a mystery that has been hidden. But God's big, and we don't know everything about God. 
but God wants us to know everything about him. And there are things he wants to reveal to you. So God has given the Holy Spirit to empower natural people to do supernatural things and for the sake of reaching people. So verse seven, if we can put verse leave it up there. It says this, verse seven says this, God destined for our glory. God destined for our glory. There's things that we don't know yet the wisdom of God, but he wants us to have. Before time began, he wanted us to have his wisdom. He wanted us to walk in his wisdom. He wanted you and I to walk in his power. And Paul says there's things that you don't understand and things that you can't understand without the wisdom or power of God. But God wants you to have it. And he wants to download that into you. That word, the, the word glory right there is the word, uh, means full weight of who God is. In Hebrew, it's translated full weight or full weight of God. So here he's saying is that God, the full weight, God wants to give you the full weight of who he is, but your natural ability is not enough to capture that. Because God's wisdom is greater than man's wisdom and greater than natural wisdom, but God has a dilemma. He wants to give you and I the full weight of who he is. God wants to get you his glory. You're destined for his glory, the Bible says. He's always wanted you to have it. God wants everyone to live a life full of the full weight of who he is, to live. Why? Because to live in these evil days, we need the full weight of who God is operating in our life. And not just for our well-being, but the well-being of the people around about us. We need the full weight of who God is to live in these evil days. He always intended us to walk in his fullness. And so he wants to download the full weight of who he is to you and I. Think about that for a moment. The full weight of who God is. If the full weight of who God is descended on you today, you couldn't handle it. Something's got to give and it ain't God. It's your natural being. I mean, think about the Old Testament when Moses begged God, God, let me see you. Just let me see you. Let me get a glimpse. And God put him in the cleft of a rock so he could just barely see a glimpse of him as he walked by. And it totally transformed who he was. It transformed his look and everything. We could not handle the full weight of God. And if you think you can handle the full weight of God, you don't serve the God I serve. Because the God I serve is way bigger than I could comprehend, way bigger than I can imagine. He's bigger than my natural mind and natural ability. He's God. So God has a dilemma to get the full weight of who he is to you and your natural mind is incapable of understanding it. And so we as human beings, uh, God wants us as human beings to walk in something greater than ourselves. Let me give this, I've preached this before, I use this illustration, I love it. So I got my cell phone here. And so you know, cell phones get obsolete pretty quick. (laughs) I can't keep up with updates and one time I tried not to. I was just getting used. I kind of figured out how to finally use my phone. And now I'm like three updates behind. Like, I haven't even figured out that yet. And but what happens is your phone stops working. I thought, well, I'm just not going to update it. Well, at some point in time, there's things you can't use on it. And so what do you need to do? You need to download the update. Can I tell you, some of us are still operating at a level of our salvation. And God says, it's time for an update of power. You need to operate above where you were when you met me. And I have power I want to download into your life. Don't be satisfied with where you are at salvation. Some people live their whole life operating at a level of just their salvation experience. And God says, no, that's just the beginning. That's not the end. Remember, the salvation experience of Holy Spirit is for heaven. But then there's a download of power. And you know why that's that way? Because the salvation experience recreated you in the image of God. And the only way God could download the full weight of who he is in you is to download it in a part of you that was like him. And so when you become saved, it recreates your spirit, man. The Bible says to be like him. We're created in the image of God. Not physically, but our spirit, man, is recreated in the image of God. And now all of a sudden, God has a part of you that he can download 
download the full weight of who he is, and it's his power, and it's the Holy Spirit being coming upon us, not just within us, because it's the power of God. So we, we need to quit operating at a salvation level experience. Thank God for that, but let's move on. Let's grow in the things of God. We need to operate at a different level. Why? Because the days that we live in are evil. We all need an upgrade. 1 Corinthians 2, 8 through 9 says this. None of the rulers of this age understand it. If they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Verse 9. However, as written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no human mind has conceived the things God has prepared for those who love. Your natural eyes cannot understand it. Your natural ears cannot understand it. Your natural mind cannot understand because God is bigger than all that. And that is the struggle because we want to be able to understand it. And you will never understand the fullness of who God is. It is impossible. And again, if you think you can, then you're serving the wrong God. And so uh, the truth is that a lot of people think that we have to understand everything. And can I tell you that you'll never understand all the things of God. Because he's so much better. That's why you have to trust him. Here's what we do understand about God. He's a good God. And he's a faithful God. And he's not going to give me anything bad. He's not going to hurt me, embarrass me, humiliate me. He only has good things to give his kids, the Bible says. And so you may not understand all the things about God, but you should understand his character and nature. Why? Because he gave his son to die on the cross for you. I wouldn't give my kid for you, and I love you. But you don't have to understand everything about how God works or operates. Understand his character and nature, and he loves you, and he won't give you anything bad. This is for you, and he wants you to have everything he is. So God tries to download the full weight of who he is in us, and the natural part of us goes, I can't see it, I can't hear it, I can't understand it. And some people think that this passage of scripture right here is talking about heaven, but can I tell you, it never mentions heaven before or after this scripture. They're taking it out of context. It's talking about while you're on the earth, because God sees our world as evil. He sees our struggles, our natural limitations. He sees the assignment he's giving us, and he knows we don't have enough power to pull it off. So he's given us his power. God has a hope to download his glory in us. Colossians 1.27 says this. Here's God's hope. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you. The what? The hope of what? Glory. The hope of of the full weight of who God is, is whom? Christ in you. Because when you got saved and the Holy Spirit came and transformed you spiritually into the image of God, now there's a hope for you to receive the full weight of who God is. Jesus was the answer to, the, to man receiving the full weight of who he is. Jesus is the hope. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So God wants to download into you, that part of you that's like him. There's hope because Christ is the hope. So we are changed spiritually. Does that just, that just makes sense, spirit to spirit, doesn't it? That just makes sense. Spirit to spirit. God works that way. So he can only download who he is into the part of you that's changed to be like him. Connects with our spirit. God's spirit connects with our spirit. God set it up that way. 1 Corinthians 2, 10 through 12 says this. These are the things God has revealed to us by his what? Spirit. The what? Spirit, Holy Spirit, capital S, searches all things, even the deep things of God. 
For who knows a person's thoughts except their own little s spirit, no one within them, no one. In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except what? The spirit, Holy Spirit of God. What we've received is not the spirit, little s of this world, but the spirit, Holy Spirit, who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. You need the baptism of the Holy Spirit to understand the spirit of God, spirit to spirit. You saw that right there, right? It just makes sense. God has to download the full way to who he is into the part of you that was made to be like him, spirit to spirit. And because of Christ, that is possible. So he'll download the full way to who he is. So God created a way, a vehicle, a conduit to get the full way to who he is to you. He has an operating system, going back to the phone analogy. In fact, he has a operating, he has a, a language. Uh, uh, he, God created a language, a heavenly language, a spiritual language to connect our spirit with his spirit. God chose to connect our spirit with his spirit through a heavenly language. That's the vehicle. That's the operating system. But it's a language that will frustrate your mind to no end because your mind cannot stand not being able to understand what's going on. Wait, what's, what's going on here? What's, what are we doing? Because that didn't make any sense to me. I, I don't think we should do that. How many times does your mind talk to you out of the things of God? Can I tell you, God likes to not make sense to you because he wants you to trust him. And, and God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So he has to bypass our natural mind, which at times can be the enemy of God which at times can talk us out of the blessing of God, which at times can talk us out of faith, which at times can talk us out of receiving things, doing things that God has for us. Because our mind likes to reason and logic and understand, and it can't. The scripture already said, no mind can understand. So God created a heavenly language, and we see it in scripture, it's there, but people despise it and make fun of it because they don't understand it, and the devil doesn't want us walking in it, but God created a way to download that in us. Romans 8, 16 says this, our spirit testifies with God's spirit, spirit to spirit. 1 Corinthians 2, 13 through 16. Let's take a look. This is what we speak, not in words taught to us by human wisdom, but in words taught to us by the capital S, spirit, Holy Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with spirit-taught words, Holy Spirit-taught words. The person without the Holy Spirit does not accept these things that come from the Holy Spirit of God. How could they? They can't understand them. And yes, they're going to make fun of you about it. Yes, they're going to give you a hard time about it. And because they can't understand it, they're going to say it's not right. It's not possible. comes from the Holy Spirit of God, but considers them, the others consider them foolish. I'd like to tell you that people won't laugh at you and make fun of you, but you know what? They will because they don't understand it. But can I say, blessed is he who is persecuted for righteousness sake. Amen. They cannot understand them because they are, they are discerned only through the what? Spirit, Holy Spirit, capital S, spirit to spirit. The person with the spirit, Holy Spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Amen? We have the mind of Christ. So we can get the download from God. And it's talking about the language. It's not talking about your ABCs. It's not talking about phonics. It's not talking about those things. It's talking about a language taught from the Holy Spirit. So God created a way to get his fullness, his glory in us. The conduit is this. Tongues is not some crazy gibberish. It's not. It's not something that you go into a trance or you're possessed or whatever that is. It's not. Uh, The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. The Holy Spirit's not going to embarrass you or humiliate you. 
all of a sudden in Walmart, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon me and I'm going to start speaking in tongues, prophesying. I hope not. They'll lock you up. And if it does happen, don't tell me you go to Tree of Life. And if I see you in the aisle, I'm going the other way. It's like, oh, that person is. It reminds me of something I, I forgot to say. Here's the two, two separate experiences. Why didn't God give us the empowerment of the Holy Spirit when we got saved? I mean, seriously, come on. Can you guys ask God those questions? You know what, God, I really can help you. I could have helped you out here if you just sort of packaged it all together. Can I tell you, because people have made such fun of or whatever about the Holy Spirit, people wouldn't want to get saved. Well, I got to speak in tongues if I'm saved? Well, I don't want that because I heard that's crazy stuff. I heard fanatics and crazy ad rolling on the floor people do that. And uh, so I don't want to be saved. Can I tell you, that's why they're separate because the most important thing, the most important thing, if you don't agree with anything I say tonight, agree with this, the most important thing is salvation. And again, we can agree to disagree and still get people saved, amen? But that's why God didn't package it together that way because people then would not want to be saved. He doesn't make you crazy stuff. He's a gentleman. He's not gonna embarrass or humiliate you. So what's the pushback? Here's the question. Do I have to speak in tongues? Do I have to speak in tongues? And here's the answer. No, you don't have to speak in tongues. You don't have to. You get to. It's an amazing relationship with God. That that heavenly language is this beautiful thing. And again, here's the thing. People don't like the packaging or they don't like the public expression, which has been abused and which has been misused and misrepresented. And I wish that never would have happened. Oh, how I wish that. And can I tell you, growing up as a teenager, my dad took us to a church like that. And my brother and I were both teenagers. We thought he was crazy. Dad's lost it. He's taken us to a cult. They had the joy bucket. They had all kinds of stuff going on. And we're like, this is crazy stuff. And then we moved here and started Tree of Life Church. And we're experiencing other things about the Holy Spirit. And there's just churches. That's a Holy Spirit church over there. And, and they just did things different. Can I tell you? I'm, I have a hard time finding some of that in Scripture. It's amazing to me how man makes doctrines. I think, I, I think man doesn't need to add to God did it right the first time. Do I have to speak in tongues? No, you don't have to. And opening up to the heavenly language does not make you a wild, crazy fanatic, a holy roller. doesn't make you all that. Not having it doesn't make you a second-class Christian either. Number two, can every believer speak in tongues? Well, if you look in the book of Acts, you see five cases, five cases where people received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Three mentioned tongues. The one that does not, or one of the ones that does not mention tongues is the Apostle Paul. But we see in the book uh, in Acts in chapter nine, we see him talking about speaking in tongues. So we know he does. And then therefore we would assume the fifth one would as well. So four out of five mention at some point that they spoke in tongues. The fifth one doesn't actually mention it, but we, we can assume that, I think. And Acts 2.39 says, the promise is for you, your children, all who are far off, are far off. The promise of the Father. Remember, the, I will send you the promise of the Father. So some believers, not all believers, speak in tongues. Okay. I want to. But if you don't, you still go to heaven. But if God says it's for me, I want it. Can I tell you, my dad, I heard my dad pray this prayer every single day of, of his life. God, if it's from you, I want it all. I don't want to wait till I understand it. I never will. I want it all. I don't care. My dad prayed that prayer every day. I just, I want all of it, God, whatever you have. And I will trust you with the rest. First Corinthians 12, and first Corinthians 12, I don't have to turn there, but in first Corinthians 12, for time's sake, it's talking about 
spiritual gifts. Some people say it's not for everybody, and they come out of it from 1 Corinthians 12. So it's not talking about, 1 Corinthians 12 is not talking about speaking in tongues. It's talking about the gift of speaking in tongues, not baptism in the Holy Spirit. I want to clarify that because that is typically the argument. Well, it says in 1 Corinthians 12, not all speak in tongues or not all have the gift of speaking in tongues. Can I tell you, we're talking about baptism in the Holy Spirit, which is for every believer, but there are gifts of the Spirit, which are for some at certain times. How do I know that to be the case? Because not only does it talk about the gift of speaking in tongues, but it talks about the gift of faith. Not all have the gift of faith. The Bible says when we're saved, we all have the measure of faith. We all have faith. We're saved by grace through faith. We all have faith when we're saved, but there's a gift of faith that God gives at times to different people. Let me give you another example. Not all have the gift of healings, but the Bible says every believer can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Amen? But there is a special working or a special gift. Are you with me? So the gift of speaking in tongues is different than baptism in the Holy Spirit. There are special circumstances where the Spirit will move and those things will happen. Absolutely. But it's not talking about that. Mark 16, 17 says, these signs will follow those who believe. They will speak with new tongues. They will lay hands on the sick. So all there, right there, you have faith, Holy Spirit, and healing right there for every believer. Um, that's Mark 16, 17. There's no, it's talking about that. Okay, so people say tongues will cease. The Bible says tongues will cease. 1 Corinthians 13, 8 through 10. Yeah, but the Bible says tongues will cease. Did I give you that? 1 Corinthians 13? Did I, did I give that? Uh, maybe I didn't give that to those guys. But 1 Corinthians 10, I'm sorry, I keep saying 10. 1 Corinthians 13, 8 through 10, talk about a time where tongues will cease. But what it's talking about, the wording there, is talking about when we will see him not through unveiled, we'll see him through unveiled faces, meaning that we'll be in heaven. And meaning that when we come to completion, you realize we don't come to completion till we get to heaven. So they're misinterpreting the passage of scripture there where it says tongues will cease. Why will tongues cease? cease? Because we're in heaven. <laughs> you don't need tongues in heaven. You don't have to have a, a hotline or a pipeline. You're there with God. You can go read that passage, 1 Corinthians 13, 8 through 10, and then verse 12 talks about when we're in heaven. What can I expect? Real quick, number one, freedom and worship. Okay, if I buy into this and I want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, what can I expect? Freedom and worship. I mean, if you love to worship, then man, you should get hooked up with the Holy Spirit. It takes us to a whole nother level because there's a greater sense of freedom there. How do you know the wonders of God. Remember in the passage it talked about? They spoke about the wonders of God. What did they do when they were filled with the baptism of the Holy? They spoke about, they sang about, they thought about the wonders of God. It'll take that to a whole nother level. That's what the Bible says. So empowering, an empowerment to go to another level in your worship. Uh, number two, clarity of God's vision. Acts 2, 16 through 17. Clarity of God's vision. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And the last day, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Prophecy is basically speaking of things to come. Visions is a picture you get of the future. And dreams, all those speak of bringing clarity to God's vision for your life. When God pours out his spirit, he's poured out his spirit, baptism of the Holy Spirit then you will get clarity for God's vision for your life. The problem is many people, um, the problem many people have with the, the heavenly language, again, is the things that they see publicly. 
And can I say this? If you've come to Tree of Life for any length of time, I hope that I haven't freaked you out or scared you off, and I speak in tongues every day of my life. I never come up here without praying or singing in the Holy Ghost. This church, you may not have known that. I, 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 I'm sorry if you didn't know that, and that's on me. If you didn't know that this was a Holy Spirit-filled, heavenly language-believing, tongue-talking church, then that's on me. I'm sorry, but if you've come here a length of time, you know you're not a, we're not a crazy church. There's some crazy people in here. I'll point them out right now if you want me to, but... <laughs> Right here in front of me with a beard, but anyway, so. <laughs> anybody, says, anybody says Biggie Pank, but anyways. <laughs> the greatest part of the Holy Spirit's the private part. The greatest part of the Holy Spirit's the private part. The greatest part of the Holy Spirit's the private part. You know, the Bible says pray without ceasing. Can I tell you, if he was talking about in the natural, using natural words, that for me would last about two minutes. I ran out of words. I don't know what to pray right now. All right? Pray in the Holy Spirit. We'll get to that. Okay, power and prayer. Number three, power and prayer. Romans 8, 26 through 27. In the same way, the Spirit, Holy Spirit, helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for the Spirit, Holy Spirit himself intercedes for us through what? Wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. In other words, when you pray in the Holy Spirit or your heavenly language, it's praying in connection with the Spirit of God, or it's praying out a perfect prayer. It's praying out. There's just times you don't know what to pray. Have you ever been there? I just don't know what to pray anymore. I don't know what to pray, God. Start praying the Holy Ghost. Your spirit in connection with God's spirit is getting instruction and you're praying out the perfect will of God. You're praying out that. Can I tell you how many times I've prayed for people and I have not, people come up for prayer for things, I don't even know what to tell them. I mean, I'm just trying to keep a straight face and not, you know, like, oh my gosh, or whatever that is. And then I was just, hey, let's just pray. And I start praying the Holy Spirit. And then I just open my mouth and pray. And the Holy Spirit's directing my prayer. You've all been there that I had the Holy Spirit. And you just didn't necessarily equate that to that. But that's exactly what happens. You start praying the Holy Spirit, then something rises up in you. And it's not that you just, oh, okay, I'll just, I just thought of something right now. No, it's the Holy Spirit is now prompting you and speaking to you. Listen, I'm, I'm thankful for that because there's a lot of situations I come in personal life in here that I do not know how to pray, so I pray in the Holy Spirit. Amen? Freedom of worship, clarity and vision, power and prayer. You can trust God. So what do you do? What's next? Remove all barriers. I don't know what you came in, and maybe you didn't even know this was a topic tonight. Probably a lot of you didn't. Thank you for staying. And uh, he's what? Teach? Okay, let's, go, let's slip out. And, uh, but uh, remove all the barriers, sin, pride, unforgiveness, bad experiences. And again, I wish I could just apologize for everyone in my profession that just abused it and misused it and made it look like something it's not. I wish I could take all that away. Number two, request the Holy Spirit confidently. It is a gift from God. Salvation is a gift from God, a free gift. You had to reach up and receive it. You reach up and receive the Holy Spirit the same way. So you're, you, you do it with confidence. It's mine. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit, Father God. I want that now. Thank you for the empowerment. Thank you for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's mine. You take it confidently. All of it. Luke 11 says he'll freely give the Holy Spirit to whoever will ask. Luke 11. 
Number three, receive the gift. Reach out by faith and take it. Reach out by faith and take it. Hey, your salvation was received the same way. Why is the Holy Spirit any different? Hopefully I can't talk you out of being saved. Right? Can't take my salvation away. Why is the Holy Spirit any different? Why do we have a problem with the Holy Spirit? We God the Father, God the Son. Hey, two out of three, I'm batting 667. That's pretty solid, right? I want to bat a thousand. Why do we have a problem with God the Holy Spirit? We, we, we want it all. Receive it. Receive it. You volunteer, let me say, it, you will have to voluntarily participate. You'll have to, you had to voluntarily participate in your salvation experience. Otherwise, God would just make everybody saved. He wants your free will. He wants your participation. Can I tell you? He wants everyone to be baptized with the power of the Holy Spirit, but you're going to have to voluntarily participate because, listen, what happens is you're not a ventriloquist dummy. Holy Spirit's going to come upon me, and all of a sudden my mouth is going to... No. You open your mouth up in faith. Everything we walk and operate is in faith. God's not going to get, you know, the Holy Spirit's not going to get a hold of the back of your head and you're just going to go crazy on that. I can start speaking in tongues. I can stop speaking in tongues. I participate. So don't fear it. Jump right on in there. Open your mouth. Cut your brain off for a little bit. Try and bypass that and let it go. Release your prayer language. Number four, release your prayer language. It's your decision. The Holy Spirit's not going to grab your tongue and do it for you. By faith, start speaking it out. By faith, start, start praying in English if you have to and switch over in the Spirit. By faith, stop worshiping in English and start worshiping in the Holy Spirit. In the scripture, I'm closing with this, and thank you for being patient going over. I had so much information I wanted to make sure you had. Oh, let me see this last thing I want to tell you. Oh, yeah. So in the Bible, we do see people receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with hands laid on them. And we see people receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit without hands laid on them. So we're going to give an opportunity. If you would like hands laid on you, we see that in the scripture. If you'd like to sit at your seat and engage the Holy Spirit or you want to do it at home, we see that in the scripture. My dad, founder of this church. Her teaching on the Holy Spirit, he was driving to work one day, years and years and years and years ago, pulled the car over on the side of the road, busy street, pulled the car on the side of the road, says, God, I don't understand this Holy Spirit stuff. Remember that prayer I told you? But I want everything you have. And then he voluntarily, willingly participated in faith and right there started speaking in his heavenly language. Nobody laid hands on him. When I was 12 years old and I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I went up front for prayer. I didn't know what I was going up front for. They made the call. I was talking with my brother. He was talking to me. I was trying to pay attention. He kept, yeah, he just, you know, he was that way. And uh, my sister raised her hand and they said, okay, everybody raise your hand, come up front. And Jeff and I are like, eh, go up front. She's the baby of the family. And so mom and dad looked down there and said, boys, you're going to go up with her. We're like, I didn't raise my hand. I just, did you raise your hand? I didn't raise my hand. She raised her hand. So we were forced to go up front. And so not even really knowing what it was for. And they took us in a back room and all of a sudden took in a back room. We, we thought it was a crazy place already. Taking us in a back room. Don't drink anything. Don't drink any Kool-Aid looking stuff, anything. So don't do it. We went in a back room and all of a sudden the person standing in front of me is the pastor's wife. And I thought, oh, they brought the big guns out for me. <laughs> pastor's wife. So she prayed for me. I didn't, I didn't speak in tongues right then. But we got in the car later, leaving church, to go somewhere, we were with some, another family, and, and the family just said, hey, let's all speak in tongues. <laughs> now I'm in a car with crazy people. Don't close your eyes. Just watch where you're driving. And it was totally a God moment because then 
everyone in the car, they went around the car. So he started, and then his wife started, and then a friend started, and then Je- uh, Jeff did, and then I'm the last one. I'm, and I just opened my mouth and just went for it. I I'd had hand laid on me earlier. I'm just in the car. Can I tell you? Open your mouth. Step out in faith. Don't be afraid of it. If you don't understand it, if you're not right there yet all tonight, trust God. But I totally get that. I totally get that. But don't leave. Uh, you know, I, I mean, keep coming back to church or whatever. Hang around it long enough, right? Hang around it long enough. Ask people that you know here that do that and believe in that. Ask them about it. Not a crazy thing. Ask them about it. If you have received it in times past and you feel like you just have not experienced your prayer language, step out in faith. You received it when you were prayed for or when you asked for it, rather, either way. And so step out in faith. And maybe for some of us, and I I bet this is the case for a lot of us in here, maybe a lot of you in here haven't done it in a while. You need to do it every day. And here's what'll happen. You may start with a few words. It's like your your kid. They they start with a few words, and 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 then the more they do it, they get more words and more words and more words. Can I tell you, the more you do it, your prayer language will keep releasing, your faith keeps growing, and you keep releasing your prayer language. God's good. God's faithful. If Michelle, if you could come on up. And, um, so here's how we're going to do this. My heart, my hope is not to feel, isolate anybody, make anybody feel uncomfortable or weird, but come on, this is family. And you know, I love this. I live this. I want everyone in here to experience this. Um, but you have to make that decision. And so we're going to have people come up front. If the elders and pastors and prayer workers will come up front. We're going to all worship and you can close your eyes and whatever, when we get to that point, whatever that is for you. I don't want anybody to feel embarrassed or, but in a room like this, this is, kind of, this is a safe place. And those that do operate in this gift, we are pulling for you. We are nothing but cheerleaders. If you don't feel comfortable enough to come up, that's okay. But don't discount this. If you feel more comfortable at home or whatever, then okay, I would love for you to come in the moment right now. So here's what we're going to do. Everyone, would you stand to your feet, please? In just a moment, I'm going to have you come up front if you want to receive the hands laid on you. You can do it. And there's, a, there's a passage of scripture where I think it was Peter was preaching to a group of people that didn't know Jesus. And in the middle of his sermon, they started speaking in tongues. Now, two things happened there. The only prerequisite to tongues is salvation. If you've not been recreated in the image of God through salvation, then you have nothing for God to download into. So when he's preaching, somehow in their heart, they grab the hold of the salvation message, receive Christ, and then receive the Holy Spirit. You can do it where you're at in your seats, but sometimes we just need some support and we want to support you. So I'm going to pray and then I'm going to ask people that want to come on up front and have hands laid on you. We'll just take a few moments or in your seat. You feel free to do that. But Father, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for the word of God tonight. And I hope, Father God, I pray that people saw the word of God, not my word. I pray, Father God, that they have, have opened up to the truth of God's word in a way, Lord, that, that they'll feel comfortable with you. It's just some amazing gift that you've given us. And Father, I pray that if they don't feel that comfortableness today, I, I pray that they put aside what anybody else might think. In fact, in this room, a bunch of us think it's awesome. But Lord, may they take that with them or maybe even right where they're at. But Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit right now in Jesus' name. So if you'd like someone to pray with you, would you just come on up? Come on up front. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be afraid. 
I went up front as a kid. People get hands laid on. You know, here's the thing. I would rather be up in front of a group of people and wonder what they're and, and that wonder what they're thinking about me than miss out. I, I, I would rather people make fun of me, if you will. Nobody in here is going to do that. Than not have the Holy Spirit. Because they're not going to walk out your life with you. They're not going to stand with you before God. So don't worry about what anybody else thinks. If you want someone to pray with you, then come on up. Everybody else, if you pray in the Holy Spirit, pray in the Holy Spirit right now. Right where you're at. You want to pray out loud, pray out loud. You want to pray under your breath, pray under your breath. But what we are is believing for their faith to step out and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, their heavenly language. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord, for the gift, the free gift of the Holy Spirit. We ask for you now to come and fill our hearts and lives. We ask the Holy Spirit to come and fill us overflowing. We ask, Father God, to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We ask, Father God, to receive the free gift. We ask, Father God, to receive your power. We ask you to download the full weight of who you are into each and every one of us. We ask you now, Father God, if it's of you, we believe we saw that it is and we want it. We may not understand it, but we want it, Father God. We ask for the gift of the Holy Spirit right now in Jesus' name. And if you are in your seat right now and you're ready to receive that, you can just pray that out in your seat right now. If you haven't prayed it in a long time, start praying it out. If you have uh, still have some questions, and step out in faith in Jesus' name. We thank you for the baptism, Father God. We thank you for the power. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father God, for downloading the full weight of who you are. We thank you for wisdom beyond our natural wisdom. We thank you, Father God, for the ability to go further in our worship. We thank you, Father God, for clarity for our future, Father. We thank you, Lord, for the power to be your witnesses here on the planet. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God. Finishing up praying, I just want to—I want to let you guys know we have a mini book here. It's called Why Tongues. I love this book. I grew up on this book. And after service is dismissed, we'll do that in just a few moments. And if you would like just some more information about it, then you can come up here. We have these up here that the people up front will give you a book. If you are filled with it, I'd encourage you to get this book and read it because then you know how to share it with somebody else. Uh, maybe you want to give it and give it to somebody. Maybe it's something that you will encourage yourself in. But this is a great book. And so I know they're finishing up, so I'm going to ask you guys to go ahead and be seated. Um, Thank you for your patience tonight, staying a little bit longer. I really felt it was important to spend some time and give you 
the information that we discussed tonight from the Word of God. And again, if you are still unsure about this, please come and talk to one of us. Um, let us know by filling out one of those cards, perhaps, and we can contact you. Um, but don't just discount it. It's in there. You see it all throughout the Scripture. So continue to investigate it and be open to it. Uh, at this point, we're going to take up our tithes and offerings as we close our service to do. And I want to just encourage you. There's envelopes on the seat back in front of you. You can give through our app. You can give through our online. Give that way. There's a, there's a number of ways that you can do that here. You know, there's two things that are really people kind of push back on in Scripture. One is baptism of the Holy Spirit. The other one is tithes and offerings. And I thought we'd just do both tonight, right? No. <laughs> But you know why there's such a struggle with these things? It's because the enemy does not want you walking in the power of God and walking in the blessing of God. He doesn't. But can I tell you, God's way works. God's way works. You can trust God. You may not understand everything there is about it, but you understand the character and nature of God, and he's a good God, and he's a faithful God. And God is a generous God and a giving God. And I'll never understand, and I'm just going to jump out there because we did the Holy Spirit time. I'll never understand why people question generosity in God. Well, I do understand it because people abused it, right? Again, can I just apologize for people in my profession that have abused and misused people? I'm going to tell you, we don't do that here. We don't. And so I just want to encourage you just to step out in faith, even with your giving. Just trust God. So that's my big offering thing tonight. There you go. How about that? That's right. So... So uh, we're going to, uh, the envelopes are going to come by, or you have failed the envelopes, the buckets are going to come by in just a moment. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to give tonight. We acknowledge that you're a good and faithful God, and we trust you with everything. Lord, we'll trust you with our salvation. We'll trust you, Father God, with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. May we trust you with the finances. Lord, you are trustworthy. So we thank you tonight for the opportunity to give, Lord, into your ministry, into your kingdom, so more people will know that there's a God in heaven that loves them and wants not only to save them, but to fill them with power. So we thank you, Father God, for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, guys. As the offering comes by, just a couple reminders. Uh, just want to invite you guys back out Sunday morning. Uh, so we're going to, uh, part two, summertime series. Looking forward to this summer. A lot of great things happening uh, in the summer here at Tree Life. Listen, we want you to enjoy time off, take a vacation, but don't take a vacation from God. <laughs> don't take time off from God. And don't take time off from church. If you can come, come and get plugged in. If you're visiting and traveling and seeing people, man, I totally get that. Enjoy that. But if you're home, it's too easy to drift away. Too easy to drift away. Hard to get back in a lot of times. That's what we see in the summer. So keep plugged in. Keep coming. we got some exciting things coming up. Guys, this Saturday, Saturday morning, guys, come on out 9 o'clock to the men's breakfast. Really excited about what's going to happen there. Really have just a message in my heart for all the men. So come on out and be a part of that. Um, don't forget, uh, again, uh, this, the summer uh, times that we have, the life groups are kicking off and other things to get involved in. I just want to encourage you guys, if you want a book, then come up and get a book. But I guess that's probably it. So if you wouldn't mind, stand to your feet. Let me bless you before we go. Father, we thank you for tonight. Seal the word in our heart. We know the enemy will come and try and steal it away because he doesn't want us walking in your power and your freedom. But I thank you, Father God, the sealing through the Holy Spirit, the word of God in us today. So we're different than how we came in. We give you glory, give you honor in Jesus' name, amen. If you'd like further prayer or prayer for anything else, please come on up front. If you don't know Jesus as Savior and Lord, please come on up front and see one of us, amen. We hope that you enjoyed this message. 
You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.